Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. This is your boy Oakry, as I often say, at Derek Oakry. If you need that spelling, it's D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E on Twitter. Love talking Lions with you guys online. It is a Friday. We had a uh, a fun show on Wednesday. We talked about news and notes. Grifka aced the Wonderlick because he's just the smartest man on the planet. He'll tell you before anybody else will. And uh, we talked about, unfortunately talked about, (laughs) the Green Bay Packer game and uh, the Vikings, where our team took two L's as we're quickly reviewing the 2019 football season to sort of get our eyes back on those and see what happened. We are here for Friday. We've got some entertaining topics right off the top, and we're going to talk about the Giants and the Raiders. Uh, Kind of a 50-50 split, good and bad, kind of like this show. I'm the good. Well, Grifka is is Grifka. Grifka, how are you, buddy? Uh, doing okay, man. You know, obviously we survived another one of the storm of the centuries that everybody talked about here in Michigan. And I know a little closer down to the Metro Detroit area, they got a little more snow, but you know, uh, we got a little snow up here in the, you know, in the Saginaw mid Michigan area. But uh, once again, with the weekend coming up, it's supposed to be in the thirties again and a little bit of sun, you know, it is going to be chilly at night because there's no clouds there to hold the heat in. So, Everybody, if you're out at night, dress warm. But other than that, TGIF. <laughs> Griff, I'm slow on the bell, but I'll, I'll obviously give it to you. Because I'm going to my Twitter. I don't know if I can find it. Gosh, why is the... Uh, I'll find it. There there was a request <laughs> to you, which I thought was tremendous. Let, let me find this before we really get rolling off the top. This was our... Oh, yeah. This was our boy, Skip. <laughs> Skip wanted to know... If not today, at some point, will you surprise him with a sing-along that uh, Friday song uh, on the day that you love so much? Can can you do that at some point for the people? I saw that, and all I could think, I was watching it, and after about 30 seconds, I'm like, this has got to be the worst song I ever heard. I mean, I didn't know if that was supposed to be like a Disney rap or something like that, because, and I've heard some pretty crappy rap songs before, but geez, that one was like, terrible that was like you know high school musical rap or something oh gosh it was bad but so sorry skip i mean i could try it but i mean god i'm almost afraid to try how bad that is and don't get me wrong i i realize my grammy hasn't come in the mail yet but god that was a terrible song oh man i told him that you've been known to sing on the show he won't totally put you on the spot but that that was a big hit like uh a couple of years ago, Grifka, that was all over the radio waves. They they used to play it on Jim Rome as a funny gimmick. Uh, they would play that Goofy Friday song. I think it made it into a smack off on Jim Rome at some point as kind of a funny gimmick. So I thought it was a good pull by Skip. And, and who knows? Not today. Maybe.
Take skip weight. Maybe someday after you've practiced, you know, you got your home karaoke machine where you do your, your raps or whatever that other song was that you belted out here on the show. Maybe, maybe you give it to him someday, but, but not today, Skip. You're going to have to keep listening uh, for the Grifka songs, Grifka rapping, and, of course, the Oak Reverse Grifka arguments, which I never seem to lose. So, Grifka, what are we talking about here on a Friday, buddy? Oh, it's the first thing. Of course, man. We got to be talking about my boy, Big Play. Now, recently I was reading something that said that the talks between Slay and the Lions were going very, very well. And then it seemed like two hours later, I read a completely different article that said, you know, that they weren't going so well. And it's it's almost like positive that Slay will be gone. And Slay's already told his children that there's a good chance that he won't be playing in Detroit next year. I don't know who to believe. You know, where's where's this coming from? Grifka, as I often do when you ask me a question, of course, I got to ask you a question or turn this question upside down a little bit before I answer your question. So I just want to get this straight off the top. I want to put the rumor innuendo to bed. Grifka, was it that handshake that has made Darius Slay not only the player that he is, but the multi-multi-millionaire that, that he is and will be in the future? Is that really what it was? I can't take credit for the multi-multi-million dollar part, but definitely the player that he is, yes. (laughs) That's what I thought you'd say. (laughs) So, yeah, just like, uh, I don't know. Bingo! Bingo! Uh, now, now you're asking me about Slay, Grifko. Like, this should obviously be a question for you. I mean, I'm the guy that, that, you know made fun of him as a rookie and then sold his helmet on eBay that he, that he signed for me. You subsequently have got 18 helmets signed from him every time we go to camp. Cause you love this guy so much. I mean, if I have to speak on Slay, it's what I've said previously. Like he's a football player. He's a good football player. He has a value and like everything is clamoring that there's people that want him. Bob Quinn saying like, yes, I've had trade talks. Bob Quinn is saying, you know, he's not saying the uh, 100% false with three exclamation points like uh, about a quarterback that we have on the team. So the door is obviously open to move this guy. He's telling the kids that they're heading out. I mean, I think that's uh, – I don't know where you got that. Maybe from that guy that calls you at 2 in the morning or Lions 24-7 or wherever you got that nugget of knowledge. But I, I think that big play Slay is just like – his time is up. It's just a matter if they will get the value. If they don't get the value, you keep him. And I would love to see him and Okuda teamed up or him in a, a second round corner, like my boy Gladney out of TCU teamed up to be a, a really good unit in 2020. But you know me, I'm not one to just let an asset walk or let somebody just complain and kind of carry on and talk about themselves and their money and, and not realize that, Hey, Everybody has a price in uh, in the NFL. I mean, I I think that's pretty well known. I mean, I think there's somebody out there that said that even better than I could. Money, 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 money. I mean, that's what Slay wants. But I mean, Slay needs to know this. Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. <laughs> So, Grifka, that's me laughing, saying, like, if I get a second rounder, if I get some future assets, I'm sending Slay on his way. If I don't, 
you're going to play for me or for nobody in 2020. And that's what it simply comes down to. So I know you love the guy and he'll just pay him whatever he wants because he's a good football player, just like you would have Antonio Brown or on Wednesday, you went on and on about Chris Jones and how you'd pay him because he was so good. All these people have value and you don't have an endless budget. So that's my take on Darius Slay. Okay. Um, still, I mean, I guess my uh, thought is I, I don't understand where like all these opposing points of view come from. It's like, I said one article is like, oh, they're going very well, and then like two hours later, it's like, you know, he's pretty much, you know, cleaning out his locker and being shown the door. So, I don't know. Maybe Hold it's on. the before we get lines twenty four seven. I always listen to. <laughs> Do I have to educate you again on that? Like, it's lying season, Grifka. There's, there's nothing. Any of this crap we talk about is truth. It's just people trying to move the price up, like. Do you ever believe any of these GMs that go, well, I haven't even talked to anybody about any trades yet. Well, here we are, like, heading into the combine? Of course not. These guys are the biggest liars on the planet. So, like, of course you're going to hear one day, oh, no, we're, we're going to get a deal done. Next day, oh, it looks like he's going to be traded. The next day, oh, I'm, I'm talking to his agent. Things are going well. The next day, Darius Slay's got his kids packing up luggage. I mean, this is what happens. Yeah, it was like, you know, they called up two men in a truck and they're unloading the house right now, moving them to wherever he wants to go. So Griff, I, uh, speaking I, of the trade, I, hold on. I know you're a big, you're a big, you know, big wig. You got, you got the big office on the, on the 10th floor and, and just making big things happen. But, but you know, you'd volunteer to be two men in a truck to help big play Slay move. You'd be moving couches and uh, Mr. Slay, what else can I do for you? You know what you do right at the very end before he paid you and thanked you for your day? You'd shake his hand. Yeah, that way, so he'd still be a stud at the next place. <laughs> okay, um, you spent uh, talking about uh, spoke about GMs making trades, um, and was it uh, wasn't that quote recently by our GM Bob Quinn saying he's never seen a trade that he hasn't liked? But uh, you know, doesn't seem like he ever really makes a trade, especially when it comes to uh, there's a talk about Stafford being traded, but Bob Quinn said, came out and said no, he's not being traded at all. So does that mean he hasn't seen a trade he hasn't liked or nobody's offered a trade for Stafford yet? I'm confused by all this. Uh, how do you feel about Bob Quinn coming out and saying that? Oh, my goodness. I love it when Grifka's confused. Uh, Grifka, like, when, the, the exact moment that I heard Bob Quinn said this, my response was simply this. Bruh. I was like, Bob Quinn. Bruh. Like, you're saying you have a trade, like, you love every trade you see. And I'm like, Bruh. you don't make trades. You don't trade down. You don't even trade. All you do is trade up. My, I, I come on this show all the time and support Bob Quinn. Oh, man, I think I what they're building. I, I think he's had some hits in the draft. I also have to attack Bob Quinn and thinks that he goes down to the local Barnes and Noble and picks up the same magazine that Chuck Reeves gets for fantasy football. Only this one is the draft magazine, probably by your boy Mel Kuyper, Griff. I know you still get that via the, the snail mail in your, in your mailbox. Like all he does, I think sometimes is has 10 players in his head and he just is going to get those players no matter what. And it's like, Hey, Bob Quinn, Hello, like there's other players in the draft. You don't have to trade up to get these guys that you just fell in love with or that your scouts told you were good. There's other good football players. So my message to Bob Quinn is like, how about you do something that I haven't seen yet and play the draft very strategically this year and don't just sit and pick. Don't move up to get somebody that you love 
play the board, trade down, and re- realize that there's like two to 300 football players. So if you don't get this guy you love, there's probably six other guys that are pretty dang close to the same. You're going to be okay, buddy. So Bob Quinn says there's a trade, never a trade that he didn't like. I'm challenging him to finally do something like we do in fantasy football, which is actually hit that button that says accept on a trade instead of talking about it and then coming up to the podium and saying, we had some discussions, but nothing materialized. Yeah, nothing materializes because you don't live up to your word. All these trades that are talked about, you don't do. And you could say, oh, well, there's two partners and the other people don't want to trade. Well, then bring your asking price down so they will say yes or 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 take a, an offer from them that's not your favorite offer and get a deal done. Like, I'm telling you, Grifka, if he trades down once or twice in this draft, he can walk away with a killing. If he tr- has the gumption to trade big play or even, dare I say, trade Matt Stafford, like it could be the greatest thing to ever happen to our franchise, but I don't buy it because I think he just talks to people and Millie's about, and then the days come where it's deadline time or it's draft time, and it's like, oh, the dang clock ran out. The old sand went through the hourglass, and now you get standing there with holding the bag. You know, like, let's get a deal done when we're on the clock there at three, Bobby Quinn. And let's, if you love all these trades, how about you do a few more of them and do them moving back or trading a player to get some good assets rather than giving away assets and and and, and frustrating me. All right, Griff, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Um like I said, uh, hopefully he trades back. And uh, I know uh, if he's never made a trade that he hasn't liked, like you said, I don't know why he doesn't make more trades than what he does. So, Griffin, so, uh, you agree with me and uh, you repeated basically similar to what I said. Am I right there or no? I agree with you a little bit. I don't know about just trading back just for the simple trading back and, like, not getting value. You know, just saying just to make a trade and make a trade. I mean, it's obviously, like you said, maybe he is asking a lot too high. You know, maybe he is, you know, gun shy about pulling the trigger on something where other teams may be able to do it. But, uh, you know, I'm not saying that uh, it's got to be the value in his eyes it has to be the what he's looking for. So just to say make a trade for the sake of making a trade. Yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with you on that, but trading back and if as long as you get good value. No, I have seen other people have just done you know, other people put out there like on Twitter and stuff like, Well, why don't we trade, you know, was it like Slay and the third pick to Miami for, you know, their first two round first three round picks and some other pick and I'm like I don't think anybody's going to do that. No, Miami has a lot of holes. Why would they even make that trade? You know, sometimes people just think like no matter how much garbage you throw at a team, they're just gonna take it. Because, you know, you just give them all this stuff. It doesn't work that way. The old train robbery that, uh, you know, um, Jimmy Johnson did with the Dallas Cowboys and Minnesota Vikings, that's never going to happen again. So, you know, you know, you can jam as much crap as you want in a team. doesn't mean that they're going to take it if they're going to give you a bunch of picks. So, Grifka, my, my Grifka bell wasn't working. So here you go. There's about five of them for you because I couldn't get to it in time. But I wasn't looking for uh, the amazing insight you gave us. I was trying to get the gimmick of the uh, the okay. And yeah, you did repeat half I said. I never said just take whatever they're giving you. I said, don't tell me that you love all these deals, but the guy doesn't get many deals done anymore. 
Like he kind of, he's the guy that sits there in your fantasy league and, and wants the perfect trade before he makes the, makes the deal. Like most of the time it's, I don't know, it's called compromise. And I don't know if you or others or him knows that word, but it's like, eventually you have to come to a middle ground so that you can get something done. And I feel like this guy doesn't do that, so he doesn't get players in here, and then he just comes to the podium and says, oh, we had some discussions, where here in the media he's saying, oh, I'm always open for business. Obviously you're not, because you're not getting many deals done while the Patriots, Seahawks, other teams make two, three, four trades, basically every draft, and, and get multiple picks. You're sitting there just taking the guy that you circled in, in, you know, what, January after the season ended, say, yep, that's my guy. You know, unless I'm blown away, it's like sometimes you just have to bend a little to get things done. And I feel like he's got some room to work there or prove me wrong, Bob Quinn. Do it in this draft so we can actually uh, have some assets and make some things work. You know, don't talk about trade and slay. Trade him and get some good pieces for him. You know, it's just oh, anyway. So that that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping you'd agree with me. But now you got me all stirred up again. What else we got, Grifka? Uh, speaking of trades, the Lions didn't make a trade, you know, was a couple years ago for Snacks Harrison's game and extension, and now he's gone. Um, he did tweet some stuff about how his uh, time in Detroit, you know, he thanked the fans. And um, was it like he, we were talking about earlier that uh, he was uh, not earlier on the show, but uh, he thanked a couple coaches. Strangely enough, he did not thank, you know, Matt Patricia. Um, you think that this was all kind of a ploy with him, you know, being all, oh, I'm all beat down. I'm thinking about retiring. You know, because he did have a couple of tweets, you know, and he seemed kind of happy to be out of Detroit now. Uh, what's your take on that? Griff Crime, I'm looking at my Twitter right now because, like, I, I, uh, Snacks have been responding to a couple fans directly. And so you feel like he kept dodging, you know, saying anything directly about Matt Pat or Bob Quinn. So I shouted him out directly and asked if he had any direct words or thanks for him and then said, you know, respect to him and we're glad he was a you know he seemed like a a Detroit type player and guy and wish it would have worked out better after 2018 and thanked him for his blood sweat and tears I I don't think I I don't have a response from the big fella but it may come he's been known to shout people out uh, so I was checking that out but uh Grifka I'm gonna give you a couple seconds while I give my opinion I'm gonna cue up the the uh conspiracy music I want you to drum up a good Grifka conspiracy on what really went down in this deal while I give you kind of the nuts and bolts what I think about it can you do that you want me to tell you what I think about what happened I want you to drum up a Grifka conspiracy so I can play the music and so we can have some fun with it. But I'm about to give you my straight up opinion. Can you can you oh, okay. crank, crank those gears in your head for a minute or two and come up with something? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. So my my quick take on on snacks is, you know, without getting into the rumor innuendo and stuff, it, I feel like it's as simple as this. Snacks came here in 2018 for fifth rounder. Everybody thought that was a great deal. He balled out. He transformed our defense. He made us a top 10 defense. Everybody loved this player. He's going to be the guy. 2019, injuries, circumstance, him want more money, whatever it was, he did not have a good season. He didn't play well. He didn't impact the team. He wasn't out there very much, you know, compared to what other players or what a player of his caliber needs to be out there. So I feel like for whatever reason, at the end of the season, Bob Quinn, Matt Patricius just sort of looked at it and said, okay, we can either keep him around for the 11 plus million he's going to make, or we can cut him and take that six, seven million and maybe transform the defensive tackle position. And I feel like they just decided that was 
a better value, as I often talk about, or a better decision to use that money in other ways rather than keep snacks around at the high price that he was knowing that you weren't going to get that type of return on it based on his play, his injuries, his mindset, whatever, whatever it may be. So I think it's just one of those strategic moves. I know I put it out on uh, Carson Anderson. They ended up uh, reading one of my tweets and I just said, Hey, they decided six, 7 million was better than what snacks could bring them. And it's all going to come down to what do they do with that six or 7 million bucks? If it ends up going to a couple defensive tackles or corner or whatever, and makes our football team better, people, will you know call it a great move if they don't do anything with the money like where they've caught, cut people in the past and just keep it for a rainy day people are gonna go would you get rid of stacks harrison for you left a big gap in the middle of your defense and you didn't do anything to, be- to better your football team yeah that's when people are going to be upset but i think this is going to be another one of those shrewd moves that doesn't make a ton of sense on the surface but is going to actually work out better in the long run once they kind of get the draft pieces and use this money to better the interior of the defensive line or other spots on the offense or defense with that dough. So that's my take. Grifka, can I cue up the music? You got anything outlandish for the people that we can have fun with? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I was able to drum up something. See, I think what happened was that uh, when he came here, you know, it was, it was a, a good draft, and he made me thought, you know, Patricia, you know, Patriot way, bring it over here. But then he got here, and he realized, I don't want to say, you know, realized how hard he made them work. But, uh, you know, maybe he just thought, you know, uh, he, he was thinking more of the, uh, well, how would you put it, the Caldwell, uh, you know, Caldwell, you know, golf course or whatever. I can't remember how you always Country say Country club. Oh, there it is, right there. Caldwell Country Club. So uh, he just, I don't want to say he didn't want to work that hard, but, you know, it's just, you know, it's so strange how, like, you know, end of the season, he's crying at his locker. Oh, I'm all beat down thinking that, you know, and then, like, it's only been really, I mean, a few months since the end of the season. All of a sudden, no, no, I want to play football again. Um, we just don't want to be here, though. It's just, I don't know, I just find that kind of strange. And all of a sudden, he puts a couple tweets out, like, happy, smiley faces, like, you know, okay, so obviously you tricked the team into getting some nice signing bonus that you don't have to pay back and you're not retiring. And, you know, hey, you're walking out the door with Detroit's money. So nice job, Snacks. <laughs> yeah, good work by you, Grifka. That, that's that's a conspiracy I think you'd go with is that he, he worked him for more money. He was beat up. He kind of did the retirement thing and then felt like he just wanted to maybe be in another spot and – Sure enough, like I think somebody I was just before we were recording today said he tweeted out some uh, picture of this rapper getting out of prison. It was like, it was like, you know, what is that one of those cryptic tweets? Is he trying to say I got out of prison? Is that something else we don't know about? I don't know, but it's really weird that both parties would just mutually agree to to get rid of him. But I think it was more of a management decision of he's no, he's not a young pup, so. I feel like they probably said more like, Hey, we, we want to move on. What can we work out? And yeah, he might go somewhere for a year or two and make plays, but it's just crazy how things fall off in the, in the NFL. Like we were, we were all on board with kind of getting this guy making him happy and thinking he'd be the stalwart in the middle for two to four years. And after basically a half season, he's done. It's crazy. Yeah. He seemed to get old really quick with Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do this. That's all I really want to touch on. Let's take a pause for the cause. And, you know, everybody, uh, you know, please uh, listen to, uh, you know, 
please feel free to uh, work with our sponsors and we'll come back and break down the uh, Giants and Raiders games. Everybody, please join us when we get back because I'm going to get Grifka to say at least one positive thing about this Giants game because I thought it was a fun victory, good to watch. And then I got takes on this Raider game watching it back. It, it frustrated me, made me happy, and also uh, frustrated me. So we'll talk about all that right after the break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Everybody, we're back here on a Friday. Um, we're, we're getting into two more football games. This will get us to the halfway mark, Grifka, basically eight weeks into the season. The Lions had played seven games at this point, and they got the Giants coming into Ford Field. So this was a game that we both thought they could win. I remember pumping up the Giants before this game, saying you got to look out for their skill guys, and you know you were just killing them for how garbage they were. And I was kind of like, it, it might not be as easy a football game as everybody thought. But I thought the Lions played pretty good in this game and, and made it a, a pretty comfortable victory. I know you'll find some negatives, but I'm also going to get you to uh, to find some positives of what our football team did here. So I'll, I'll throw a Grifka one out right off the bat. A uh, uh, horrible, I mean, absolutely um, just garbage. Just, I mean, Charles, help me out. That's terrible. A terrible pick by Matt Stafford to start this game. We had a decent drive going, and he just threw it into double coverage right to the other team. I just wrote UG here in big letters. I mean, that was terrible. But, hey, Grifka, before I pitch it to you, how about this? An incredible sack by Jared Davis where he just green-dogged and went right up the middle, killed the quarterback, fumble, picks it up. Devon Kennard, one of your other favorite players that I know you love to give praise to, our great linebacking core, for a scoop and score touchdown. What do you got to say about that, big fellow? Are we talking about the pick or the sack and scoop and score? I want your comments either on both, but more so the positive, Griff. I'd love to know what you thought about Jared Davis' amazing blitzing ability, uh, Devon Kennard's ability to scoop this ball up, dive in the end zone, get our team off to a nice, nice start there against the Giants. Yeah, um, well, first the pick, you're right. That was one of those, like we had mentioned before, kind of one of those noggin scratchers that Matt Stafford does. It makes you wonder, like, uh, you know, it was nice that they're once again trying to drive the ball down the field, but that was just a bad decision right there. That's then, terrible. Um, yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, uh, yes, that was a nice blitz by Jared Davis. You know, once again, felt like I was watching, you know, you know, Dip Buckus out there, you know, with some awesome blitz and, you know, but, you know, it, it was, it was nice to see him, you know, make a play and the scoop and score by Kennard, which yes, I, I do like Kennard and um, I like him a lot better than Jared Davis, but yes, uh, it was, it was a very nice play. Positive comments from Grifka, everybody. <laughs> Woo! All right, Grifka, what else you got in this game here early on? Early on, my first point is, 
Who is Trey Carson? Now, I remember Karrion got hurt in the game before against Minnesota. But uh, Trey Carson, doesn't didn't they just, like, sign this guy as he was, like, punching a ticket on the way into the stadium? I, I thought he, like, won tickets, you know, on the ticket, you know, you know, from Karch Anderson or something like that. And he was going to the game, and they're like, hey, Trey Carson, we need a running back you want to play. I think, and, uh, he's, I think he's parked his he had, car he had, before, he, hasn't he? What's that? He's parked your car in the past, hasn't he? I, I don't know about that, but I could have swore that he did actually, um, you know, help me load my load my bags into my trunk at the Meyer, you know, at the curbside service that they have. So, Griffka, you know where I him. remember Trey Carson from? That's when you almost had that three hundred game down at the bowling alley. Oh, that's right, man. <laughs> yeah, he was working he was, the shino ball. He was the nice guy that we chatted with. Yeah, that's right. That was a good yeah. guy. Yeah, but uh, he did he did show some flashes early on. It made me think we almost had something there. <laughs> Man, who else did we almost have something with Griff could in the past? I mean, there's been a few of them. Yeah, I mean, I, the biggest one I remember was Levine Toilolo. He was putting up, he was putting up TJ Hawkinson numbers, and you know, so all I could think was like, man, we must have something there. I almost didn't want to give you give you a Griff Cabell because you ripped you ripped Hawk there, which you're going to come around on him and then tell you, man, I told you so. I knew this guy was going to be good, and then everybody's going to laugh at you for decades. All right, Griff. So I, you, never, you, I never said he wasn't going to be Carson. good. I just don't like the pick at number eight. I can say that again and again and again. You think I hate the guy? You think I think he sucks? No, I don't. I just <laughs> hate the pick at eight. I just don't like tight end picks in the first round. Okay, and I'm okay. going to continue to say over and over again, this is classica, classic Grifka waffle maker BS because what you do is you crush the pick and then you cover your butt and say – but he'll probably be good. And then every week when he's not good, you kill him on the show. You talk about how bad tight ends are. You say how garbage this guy, why you wouldn't have taken him, why his stats are so bad. And then when he's good, you go, I didn't say he wouldn't be good. And then I have to break out your, your sound bite to finish it out. Where is it? You're like, I, I told you it would be good. I mean, it's like, duh. It's like, oh. duh. And then I go, hey, Grifka. What the hell are you doing? And then I end it with this. That drives me freaking bonkers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I never I never said I didn't like the guy. I just don't like the pick. Cut, you know, cut, that's cover. what it is. And because what, you know, you can ride, find good tight ends in other rounds. Irv ride, Smith, second ride. round, who had a big game against Detroit and against Minnesota. So, you know, hey, it happens. <laughs> George Kittle, fifth round, who had a big game against Detroit the year before. Yeah. Hey, so oh, yeah, just, I'm sure I'm sure you would have taken saying, him in the fifth fifth round, or wouldn't you? He was right on top of your draft board tight, during the late. I would have taken a tight end in the fifth round. Any tight end in the fifth round is fine. I mean, no problem with it at all. No, all right, no we'll, issue with that at all. We'll see what you do this year in the draft when I force you to make picks, even though you'll be out on the teeter-totter. Grifka, like, let's talk yeah, about this game. Right. I'll be out on the teeter-totter taking care of my kids. Yep, bad thing. <laughs> Anyways, um, so you oh, mentioned the, uh, the scoop and score. You mentioned the scoop and score. You know, and the, I, I jotted down one thing that I thought the offense, once again, they, you know, even though Stafford had to pick, they that did not shy them away from – calling continually calling plays driving the ball down the field and um i i really like that and i really thought the offense looked really good all day um you mentioned the offensive uh, skill positions for the giants uh their defense the giants defense you know is lacking some playmakers so i think daryl bevel really looked to take advantage of that even though he did have the interception um Stafford did, you know, go downfield a lot. You know, Galladay, you know, I think he went downfield. Him, um, was it Hall? Another one that he looked to go downfield. So, uh, um, 
I like, I really like that aspect of the, of the offense, you know, that early in the year, you know, midway through the year, they're still doing that. So um, I really like that. Yeah, man. It's, it's great to see. I mean, uh, I have here 14 zip after quarter one. I mean, I'm sure you're waiting for the sky to fall. I've got here a great deep ball to Marvin Hall with 238 left in quarter one. That was sweet. Uh, play action was good all all year, especially today. Every time they went PA, went deep. I feel like people were catching footballs. And then I, I definitely had to write a Grifskaism Griff, here in the show freaking Darius Slayton just catching balls over the top of our heads over and over again. I mean, Melvin, I think, uh, I can't remember if it was your boy Slay or whatever, but Darius Slayton just, our guys are in good coverage, yet they have no idea where the football is, and he goes up and gets multiple touchdowns there to make it 17, uh, I don't know if he had two TDs or he just had the one, but 17, 13, I can't remember if they missed a point or whatever, but Lions up at half, a lot closer than most people would like, but again, you're not going to go and blow people out in the NFL, so I felt like this was a good half uh, for the team, and they were holding down Saquon, and we'll get to him here in a bit, but uh, overall, good half. Uh, anything else before we dunk into third quarter here? Yeah, they must have... Uh... Yeah, once again, they must have uh, worked the uh, air conditioning at Ford Field because, yes, they did miss an extra point. They made the score 17-13, and, um, yes, Slayton did have uh, two touchdowns for the Giants that day. Um, this is the, the play you mentioned, Grifka. Quarter three, I mean, these are the detailed notes. This is why I'm the workhorse of the show. Third quarter, 9.55 left. Um, the absolute just – one of the calls of the year by Daryl Bevel. I mean, showing a lot of onions. Uh, 9.55 left. We run the old trick or run the ball, toss it back to Stafford. Stafford has no laces, chucks the ball up to Kenny. Kenny walks in for a touchdown. I mean, gosh, we, we were pulling these out when we were winning football games. When we weren't, we were running up the middle in a cloud of dust and, and doing all that old garbage we used to do when we couldn't win football games. So that was tremendous. Uh, I have here, imagine this, 455 left. A goal line touchdown to a tight end. I mean, tell me if you've heard that before. That made the score 19 to 24, I believe I have here. And then, uh, what do I have here? Sorry, I got that mistaken. The third quarter touchdown to Kenneth was the little toe tapper where Stafford put some air under it. He tapped the toes, got that in. It was fourth quarter, 12-20 left when we're barely up. We're only up uh, five points when they ran the old uh, Hoosier Medilla to uh, to Kenneth Galladay and threw it deep. So I got those backwards, but uh, two two more touchdowns for number 19. I, mean, I don't know if I've told you before, Grifka, but Kenny's my guy and uh, balled out here in 2019. Yeah, those were uh, two really nice plays. Like you said, um, the the toe tap one was really really special. That's highlight film right there. And like you know, just to agree with you, Derek, that uh, when they're running like those trick plays, that you know, really, you know, they do. They just fool the defense, and you know, they're it, it just it just helps that, that offense so much. And we're not calling for like one a week. We're just saying like when you use them, you're getting results. So like, don't be afraid to continue to mix them in or to call them at great times. Cause he basically was batting a thousand on these things in 2019. They just, they backed off it later, maybe because of who was hurt and whatnot. But Griff, I only have a couple more bullets on this game. I have my boy, Will Harris, Will Harris. I hate to do it to you, but I got to, 
I got a little sound drop for you on this play to sort of uh, set the mood. Let me cue it up. Oh, Will Harris. You, you, you came up from your safety position and tried to deal with the guy. I don't know if you've heard him. But his name is Saquads Barkley. <laughs> and Saquads put you in the ground, my friend. He stiff-armed you right into the turf. I think... You went right past the rubber pellets in Ford Field and went right through the stadium into the ground, as they would say on Jim Rome. I mean, an absolute embarrassment for this guy. I felt bad for him. But uh, Will Harris got put down. Saquads with a really late touchdown with only 123 left. Uh, helped my fantasy team. So, again, I was happy, especially because the Lions come out with a 31-26 dub ski. But it was really more like 31 to, what, 19 or, yeah, somewhere in that range. Uh, So, again, looks closer on the scoreboard, but a nice win for our Lions. Yeah, that's one of my bullet points. Like, I kind of prefaced it last game when we talked about the Minnesota game. But after rewatching these games, and even during the regular season, you know, I remember after watching this game, all I could think to myself was like, how good, how good is our defense? You know, really, it really made me question how good the defense is. I mean, the lines got up, but then, you know, Daniel Jones, rookie quarterback, you know, has a day, oh, you know, he had good numbers and you, you can, you can bring that up, but you know, you got to look at the warts of that team and how crappy the defense played all year, you know, even before, I mean, you've had their, your reasons why, but I mean, Daniel Jones had another big game against like supposed to be, you know, good defense, but nope. It just really made me question how good our defense was. Yeah, the win was nice. It was, I was very happy with it, but the defense just wasn't that, not that great. Oh my goodness. Grifka, can you do me a favor and just, just one time at least in 2020, when our team wins, just say what's good about the win and don't, don't cloud it with some of that other stuff. Like, okay, they gave up some points. In my opinion, Daniel Jones showed out pretty well as a rookie other than he had a million turnovers like uh you know he put up points on us and and we won the football game like bottom line so i i just never will understand it why he circled back to that after a nice dub which again we're not buried at this point we still had stafford out there we didn't know about anything so to me this was a good bounce back victory as well as a team you should beat and like i said if you look at it the way i do on the show we beat them 31-19, basically, or somewhere in that range. That's a nice win in the NFL, especially at home. Grifka, let's talk about that. What was the final rate. score of the game? What was the final score of the game? <sighs> Grifka, it was 31-26, and I just told you that okay. Saquon. I was just checking. I, w- I was just, I was just checking to see because it, you know you're revisionist history of like, well, they actually kind of beat them this way. When I open up a media guide, it's <sighs> going to say 31-26, and there's no asterisks like, well, say quads, Barkley scored a late touchdown. It's not going to say that. So so it, it really doesn't matter. It's what the legacy of the it game is. Matter. They ended up beating a very crappy Giants oh team, you know, by five points. So Do you listen okay. to the show? I went through all this already, that it was a late touchdown. It didn't matter. It helped my fantasy team, and it made the score bad, just like, yeah, the, we heard the, your fantasy just like the Minnesota game. Like, that's... That's you again going back it's to the. It's still a oh, loss. A loss is a the, loss. I looked in the media guide and it said this. Well, obviously well, there's other things up, that man. happen. A loss is a loss. Moral victories just get you higher draft picks, and we're sitting at number three right now. But hey, they played all these teams really close. C- this congratulations. This is a loss, you jabron. This is a W, and I'm just telling you it's a better W than it looks to a a 
Tretch like you I'm that looked at the scoreboard and says, oh, see, we only beat him by, uh, what's that, five points, Oakry? No, Grifka, if you actually watched the game, paid attention, we beat him 31-19, but you don't want to admit it because you looked at the newspaper. Who looks at the newspaper anymore? And that's where you get all your amazing information. Oh, right? yeah, that's right. Because, because you know, say Quads Barkley, whose touchdown helped your fantasy team, really didn't affect the score because he scored that with zero time left on the clock and the Giants didn't have an opportunity for an onside kick or anything. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. You know, it, you know when it helps your fantasy team is when it matters. But like, even though it's it's in the book where they beat a very crappy Giants team by five, who, who they let a crappy team hang around. But okay, that I, I guess I understand. Uh, I, I know, give up. People, I, I can see like, your point I, of view. I thought I'd be able to get a couple positives out of this guy in a Lions victory, but all he wants to circle back to is, well, they gave up some points, and oh, that touchdown made a huge difference. After he scored the touchdown, they booted the ball out of bounds on an onside kick, and we ended the game with kneel downs. Oh yeah, real nail biter, Grifka. I'm real was real worried after that late score. I thought we we're gonna blow the game. I'm not like you, where I think. What's going to happen now to my Lions? Because they lost 30 years ago at the buzzer, they'll probably do it today. No, oh, that's so, not how I think. So if the Giants would have got the onside kick, you still would have thought nothing about it, though, right? Because not- the defense was playing so well in the second half. Oh, okay. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, because you know, I'm not you know, there according to Derek, they only gave up 19 points on offense. But even though they gave up 26 oh, yeah, yeah, to a meaningless yeah. touchdown that helped his fantasy team, guys. There you go, fans. You know, as long if it helps Derek's fantasy team. You know, it's okay, but, you know, it, it's really meaningless, you know, when they win the game. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Grifka, I said I it helps how, my fantasy team because it didn't matter in the football game, and so I could tout it because it's not like I said, oh, it helped my fantasy team, but it beat my, my favorite team, the Detroit Lions. I'm starting to question if the Lions are your favorite team with some of this garbage you spew out here on the show. But, no, this touchdown didn't matter. I mean, maybe go and actually watch the clip again and, and see that it was a minute left in the game. We, we kneeled on the football. It didn't so matter except for you, you who's like, oh, we're going to blow that. it Hold because on. we're the Lions. So the meaning the oh meaningless God, touchdown that Stefan Diggs scored against Minnesota, which helped your fantasy team, which you touted, that, you know, just, you know, increased it to a 12-point victory. That was meaningless as well, though, because Detroit really only lost by five. But, you know, so... Grifka. So uh, I first guess that's all, what I guess that's what it is. First of all, if we it's meaningless get to, at the end to put let, the game away, let, let or it really doesn't talk. matter, but it helps your fantasy team. Let, let me know. It, when it, I it's can okay. Talk. I don't. I don't get why you refuse to look at the warts of a team when you're just continually like touting them. Like I said, the defense wasn't that great. It hasn't played good all year. Go back. You want me to go back and watch the tape? I am watching the tape. Go ahead, man. Laugh it up, man. You want to talk about your favorite team? You need to take off the rose-colored glasses once in a while and realize really how good the team is or how good the team was. Go ahead. Laugh it up, man. Oh my go ahead. Gosh. You can talk now, man. Grifka, tell, me have... how, tell me how great the defense was when we go into the Raiders games and Josh Jacobs just freaking runs wild all over him. Go ahead, man. I will tell you that. we got to get to the Raiders, but... I'm just laughing at your Vikings take because, first of all, Stefan Diggs didn't score. He got him down tight. Yes, that did help my fantasy team. Second of all, yeah, that touchdown was worthless because we were already beat at that point. They scored, and then we just basically kneeled on the ball, and it was over. And, yeah, 
I, I spent all of Wednesday's show, if you would have listened, saying, yeah, a lot of people are going to say we got beat up by 12, 15 points, whatever it is. We really only lost by less than a score in the last two minutes of the game. Because why? Because I watched that with a knowledge, a brain, and two eyes, rather than looking at the scoreboard on my Sunday newspaper and my Lazy Boy going, ah, we lost by 12 again. Same old Lions. That defense sucks. I'm sure that was probably more your take than mine. So, yeah, we, we're always going to disagree with that because you're just this bottom line guy who wants to rag on the team. When I put my eyes back on this game, and, yeah, let's get to the Raiders. The Raiders, too, was a game that we were winning early. We should have won. We choked it a little bit late, and it was a damn close football game where most people were like, ah, see, the Lions were 3-4 and four with Matt Stafford. They were no good. Yeah, we could also been like seven and one with a couple plays here or there if you would actually look at it that way. So go ahead, Griff, kick us off against the Raiders. I want to hear all your negative stuff so I can put on my glasses and tell you why it wasn't that bad. Go ahead. Okay, so the positive of it was that um, once again, um, no, no, tell the negative. Go ahead, tell, tell, tell me why we got beat up, just like you said we would on the West Coast by the Raiders. Pat, pat yourself on did the back and tell you how good did they we win were. or lose. Is it a loss? They lost. Is it a loss? Game. Answer yeah. that question. Hey, bottom line, you're right. I'm a bottom line guy. That's what I do. I'm a bottom line. It's a loss. So you can look at it all you want. This wasn't a young team. This wasn't a young team. This had established veterans here, and there were some nice young guys mixed in. You had a coach where it was supposed to be a defensive genius coach brought in a new offensive coordinator. The offense was fine. This defense was freaking terrible. So if you watched, went back and watched any of these games with like, well, if we would have had a play here or there, we would have won. But you didn't. You're still okay. picking number three for a reason. Okay, so don't okay. tell me that we oh we beat the sorry Giants. They put up points. What was that then, Grifsky Waffle Maker? That was a W then. So just tell me that was a good win. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. They they let a they let a pathetic Giants team hang around and almost win the game. But that's right. It was a late but, touchdown. But there's no difference. Got an outside kick you're you're a black and white guy. In the you're past. a bottom line guy. It's a bottom line business. That's a W. You're right. right. It I'm is putting your it, argument it against a, you. It, so it you is a what have you done for me lately? It is a what have you done for me lately business. That's what it is. It's wins and losses. That's what it is. You just complained for a, ten a, minutes it's about a zero a win. sum game. So to say, like, well, we could have oh won. God, well, we might have won. Well, if we would have a couple had different things changed, we could have had this record. But you didn't. Do you hear yourself? You're complaining about one thing, and then when I throw it back at you, you're like, yeah, they lost to a bad – or they beat a bad team. Big deal. Like, you you make no sense right now on both sides of the football. At least I'm consistent with – yeah. Their defense their defense, was bad that game. They had to <sighs> score that many points to win. Okay. I, I, I'm so, out of breath. I'm done. Like, uh, I don't know what else to say. Like, if I'm not going to be able to look at football games and say what actually happened, we might as well turn the mics on and go, ah, well, they won this week. See you later, everybody. Have a good week. Next week, hey, we fell short. We lost 21-20. Take care. We'll see you, see you next week on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Yeah, that'd be a great show, Grifka. Way, way to be a bottom line guy. Way to be a black and white guy. That's That really is not only entertaining, but that's using your brain. I mean, good stuff. So, 
I, so you're I just have, putting a positive 20, spin on a really bad year. I have 25 notes here on this Raider game that was, hey, it was a loss, it was a loss. Yeah, I have like 20 to 25 things here that I thought were noteworthy that were both positive and frustrating. So don't tell me that it was just some, we won or we lost the game, that's all that matters. Because no, there's plenty that happened in this game that's not only worthy of talking about, but that you can praise our team and there's some things you can go ahead and beat up on them. And it's all about what do you want to do? Do you want to praise them or do you want to, you know, tell me every little bad thing that happened? And that's why we fight on the show. Cause you, you tend to uh, say everything bad or focus that way. And you call me rose colored glasses. Well, I don't know if you've heard Grifka, but the name of the show is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Drink it in, man. So yeah, serve me up that cornbread. Cornbread! And go ahead and tell me why the Lions suck. I can't wait to hear it. They have three wins. I mean, come on, man. That's kind of obvious. At this point, we are three and three heading into Oakland, and we beat Oakland for basically what? Three quarters of this game, if not more, and we lost it late. So don't give me this revisionist what we know now. We're talking about the Raiders game. And yeah, I was happy after the Giants. You were, Daniel Jones tore us up. We go into this Raider game. I got here. Let me just go through a couple of my notes. My first note okay. uh, fumble by McKissick, Matt Stafford. It needs a better handoff. There you go, Grifka. There's a critique for you since I never make those. Oh, look at my second bullet point 7 0, Jacobs touchdown goes right through our defense. Oh, man, I wonder why a rose colored glasses positive Lions fan would say something like that um, when all they do is puff up the team. I have deep play action here to Marvin Jones. Hell of a play. Touchdown Marvin. 7-7. 10-7 Raiders after quarter one. Like, that sounds like a hell of a football game through one quarter to me. Positive and negative. Go ahead. Um, I actually had the same notes that you just had. But, I mean, you said all I did is focus on the negative. I just had the same ones you that, that you mentioned. So, okay. Yeah, because Grifka, there's good and bad things that happen in every game. But instead of, if I would have said it my way, I would have been like, they, the Lions came out, they had a good drive, but they they had a bad handoff. That can't happen. I would have focused more on the drive and what we were doing than about what you said. Jacobs tore us up in this football game. Well, not really, because later in, in that second quarter, we had a deep PA to Kenny Galladay for like a 70-yard touchdown, which was tremendous to put us up 14-10. And then, uh, and then we ended up getting a, a crazy pick by Matt Stafford. I had to watch it three more times. I still don't know how the Oakland Raider guy plucked it out of the air with one hand. Jacobs then scores a touchdown. So, yeah, we're down 17-14 at the half. You can look at that like, Psh, how are we losing to the Raiders? I mean, 17-14. I'm looking at that. We're on the road. It's 17-14. We've shown flashes. And this game's tied up going in three quarters. I mean... What more do you want from me than saying what happened, the good, bad, and the ugly? But yeah, of course, I'm like hoping my team wins and rooting my team on. That's what I do. I'm not looking at this, how the Lions going to lose this game? What's going to happen next? Why can't we beat the Raiders? We're on the West Coast on a road game against a team that, yeah, I feel like we should beat. Yeah, I said wasn't that good, but we're in a dogfight heading into the fourth quarter. Go ahead. Right. No, I, I agree with you on that. Well, you know what we have to do when you do that. Grifka, before I talk about this Jared Davis sack again, do you got any nuggets for me? I can keep going. I probably got about 10 more bullets here if you want them. 
Um, nope, because um, once again, I mean, uh, Kenny Galladay had some nice catches, had a big game. Um, but uh, like we mentioned both uh, often, that Detroit has difficulty covering the tight end. And uh, Darren Waller had a big game for Oakland as well. He always seemed to be open. And whenever they needed a big uh, a big catch at uh, third down or something like that, they went to uh, Hunter Renfro, who abused um, our big play, uh, you know, our, the guy we paid big money for at our nickel corner in uh, Justin Coleman. So, yeah, that was one of those things where, you know, and I remember when we prefaced this game and I used the old East Coast team going West and you made fun of me. I said, they, you know, they could lose, but you thought they were garbage and you thought those would, you know, you know, you didn't say it would be close. I don't remember, but I think you had like a, like a seven point victory for the Lions. But, you know, that's, that's one of those things where, like you said, we just look at it with different things, you know? Right. And they I, have stuff I, they, if they want to be a championship team, they have to clean up some things. I guess that's what I focus on. You're okay with just as long as they don't score everybody. <laughs> oh, those are your words, not mine. I do admit that, yeah, I did rag on you uh, thinking they would go into Oakland. Well, how could they lose to the Raiders? Partly because that's what I do here on the show for entertainment value for the people and because you deserve it most of the time. And the other part because, yeah, look at my notes. I have the Renfro touchdown as well as Darren Waller noted. But in bolder print and what I would have brought up for the people is an incredible sack by Jared Davis on a third and seven, which got us the football back with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter where we should have been able to step on their neck. Matt Stafford came down with five minutes and 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter to answer Raiders touchdown with a beautiful ball to J.D. McKissick for a, a TD. That was absolutely scrumptious. And then, of course, yeah, I, I wrote it down here, and I wrote Grifka will definitely bring this up, the Hunter Renfro touchdown, where he'll rag on our defenders and say they got beat by a slow white guy. I got that right here in my notes. And then Stafford with 50 seconds left. I have here, this is where he decided instead of running to the sideline or trying to get to the pylon or just get out of bounds, he turned it upfield and ran, tried to run right over a linebacker and another guy converging on him. That's supposedly when he hurt his back, but when I rewatched it, he played about five more plays after that. Looked absolutely fine to me. I didn't see him wincing. I didn't see him grabbing the back. I didn't see any of that. And then it all came down to that third down play where, to me, it's on Daryl Bevel and, and you know, just our lack of ability to be a tough football team, to go with some garbage play action, roll out, fade away, throw to Logan Thomas, which I still thought there looked like there was P.I. when I watched it. There was a lot of contact and a lot of, you know, questionable on that play. But, of course, they just let it go and we end up losing a you know, a nail biter, you know, I, that's, that's the game I saw, you know, yeah, it's a loss, but it, it felt like a hell of a football game. It's one that we, before we got kind of stalled out there, it looked like we were just going to go in and score a touchdown and, and win this damn thing. Like that's, that's what I saw or tied up or whatever right there at the end. And I remember in this game saying, Hey, if you get a touchdown the way we're rolling, I didn't know Stafford was hurt or know there's issues. Go for two and just beat this team in regulation. Let's get out of here with a dub ski. That's, of course, that's how my brain was thinking, and that's the type of approach I took to this game. And like I say, you don't think I hear it every day where people just, oh, after that Raiders game, Lions were dead. Really? There were three and four, and nobody knew our quarterback was down, and we, we played a bunch of really entertaining back-and-forth good football games. Okay, yeah, you can bang on the defense. Yeah, you can say – little things need to be better. But if we've got eight more games of that, people will be looking back at 2019 going, Psh, 
that was a crazy Lions season. That was fun to watch. Wish we would have came out with a couple more dubs, but other than that, it would have been good stuff. But instead, now because it was a bad season, you look back and just bang, act like we had the worst defense in history. Our offense did nothing. This team's no good. We're picking three for a reason. Whatever else you said. And that's not the true story of what happened. That's why we're reviewing these games so people can realize that for seven, eight games, this was a very competitive, fun team to watch that came up short a few more times than you'd like. Bottom line, that's what it was. Well, like you said, they did have a chance to, um, you know, pull it out in the end. And um, who, who knows? It could have been with the Stafford hit. Maybe he had a, a you know, some adrenaline going. You're, you're loose from playing all game. Your muscles are loose, and you know it might have tightened up. You know, after the game when your body cools down. So you're right. I mean, to say like, you know, um, if it did happen on that play or not, it's hard to tell. It could have just been a, uh, you know, a number of plays, you know, during the game. He did take a few hits that game. So it could have just been the one that, you know, for lack of a better, you know, to use the cliche, it broke the straw that broke the camel's back. So, um, you know, who knows? It just could have been one of those things that his back just, he felt it, you know, you know, after the game, you know, trying, you know, win a game, you're full of adrenaline. I hate to do this to you, but rewind that tremendous joke you did. It's not funny that our quarterback got hurt, but but let's say that again for the people. What the straw that broke the camel's back? Yeah, tee it up though. <laughs> oh, oh no, not to use it as a cliche, but you know that hit. You know, could have been the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not laughing at our quarterback getting hurt, but Griffka. I mean, just endless zingers this guy has. I mean, just an absolute tremendous humor that you bring to the show, Griffka. Like. You also do this in the show, and I've just had enough of it for today, but you seem to do this every episode. That drives me freaking bonkers. So, I just got to ask you this. You got anything else for the people? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I thought you were going to hit us with another question or answer to the Wonderlick. Grifco, we got to get out of here, man. Uh, two more football games in the books. Lots of other hilarity. Two uh, good shows again this week. Everybody I know is drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. Uh, the Combine is just getting underway. It'll be finishing up this weekend. I'm sure I will have takes on that. I'm not sure Grifco will watch or pay attention, but we'll be back next week talking about that. All types of other things. Who knows what might happen with the Detroit Lions in the next seven days. We'll be here to talk about it right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Back to back. Start the play. This game. Drink it in, man.